2: Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner?
4: is the look ahead here on vcnd sports betting network as we recap week three sunday in the nfl look ahead to monday night football tonight which will close out week three and take a look ahead to the lines for week four week three was an interesting sunday because even though underdogs did well against the number as far as the ones that covered there were really no surprises You could say the Lions probably was the surprise on the team that covered. But elsewhere, let's look around. Starting on Thursday, the Panthers, they covered. Bills as a touchdown favorite covered. Browns as a touchdown favorite covered. The Lions, as I mentioned, could have been the surprise. As uh, more than a touchdown dog, they cover the line. They lose outright, but they cover the line. Titans cover as less than a touchdown. Chargers cover as a touchdown dog, but that wasn't surprising. I think a lot of people were on the Chargers. They commanded a lot of, of, of attention. They were my favorite pick of the week, and I think a lot of people were on the Chargers here in this game because of uh, the fact that, you know, how well they've been playing, plus the fact that the Chiefs have only covered one time in their last 13 games coming in. Well, now one time in their last 14 games. So to me, the Chargers covering, not a surprise there. The Saints covered as a small field goal dog against the Patriots. Again, I don't think a real shocker there. Anytime it's a field goal or less, I don't think it's a shock. The Falcons, same thing. I even told you all week that the Falcons were going to beat the Giants outright, and that's what they did. Two very bad teams. Again, field goal and less spread, not a surprise there. Bengals were a a field goal dog to the Steelers. I don't think it was a surprise there either because the money line was low. It was a Steelers team that's banged up, an offense that has looked bad, and a Bengals team that's on the rise. Cardinals cover as a touchdown favorite over the Jags. The Broncos cover as a 10.5 point favorite over the Jets. Dolphins cover as a little more than a field goal. Uh, That's not a surprise because, obviously, it was one of the top five most picked games in the contests, both contests. So it was a top five consensus play. Rams cover, that game was a pick 'em. There's no surprise there. Vikings cover, that game was pretty much a pick 'em. No surprise there. And the Packers cover as a field goal underdog to the 49ers. So this was a week in which um, not, there was really no surprises. I looked online and there were a couple of uh, big money line parlays. Remember the guy a couple of weeks ago last week had the 16 team parlay. Well, how about this one? Uh, A 12-leg parlay on FanDuel, which has um, the Falcons, Cardinals, Bills, Saints, Bengals, Titans, Ravens, Raiders, Broncos, Rams, Vikings, Cowboys, all on the money line. And the highest dog on the money line here was plus 126 in the Bengals. And again, that was no surprise. Falcons were plus 122. Vikings were plus 118. Now the Cowboys at minus 176. Would you cash out or hedge? Yeah, I absolutely would. I'm not going to let it ride on the Cowboys. I think anything can happen in this divisional game. The result of this game on Monday Night Football would not surprise me. Uh, Cowboys, three and a half point favorites over the Eagles. If the Eagles win, not surprised. Cowboys win, obviously, they're favored, not surprised. So I would absolutely hedge out, cash out whatever you got to do to uh, ensure that you get your winnings. But you know, I'm just kicking myself, to be honest because I'm kicking myself for not playing like one of these giant money line parlays because there was really no surprise. I won two teasers here on week three. I won a teaser with the Panthers as the first leg and the Browns as the second leg. I, I teased the Panthers down. I teased the Browns down. Both of them won. I won a second teaser by getting lucky because I teased the Ravens down from eight and they won. And then I teased the Vikings up. As my second part to the teaser, why didn't I just do a fourteen money line parlay instead of the teasers, and then add in the other games that I knew were not going to lose? Like I could have added the uh, Broncos over the Jets. I could have added the you know well I guess I wouldn't have added the uh, Rams and Bucks. That's kind of coin flip game. Part of me wanted to do, and I did sprinkle a little bit, just you know, just some fun money on. Uh, having the Jets in a money line parlay. I did the Dolphins and Jets uh, money lines collectively thinking, yeah, you know what? Hit it big, right? Uh, Why not? And it it, would have been exciting. Mainly, I was just rooting for survivor pools because the Broncos were the top consensus pick in the survivor pools. So I was just hoping, hey, I took the Panthers on Thursday night. I didn't have to sweat here on Sunday. And I was just hoping that the Jets would win and knock out more than half the pool. And I'd be sitting here with my entry as like five times worth what it was when I bought in, which would have been absolutely crazy. As far as the contests go here in Vegas, the top five consensus picks went four and one against the number. Four and one. And I think a lot of people had good weeks here in the contests. I had a good week in the circuit contest. I think a lot of people had good weeks because, again, this was a week where nothing really surprising happened. And the one game that was a surprise was was my only loss on the card was was with the Ravens. And if Hollywood Brown wasn't Hollywood Hot Hands Brown and could catch the balls, the Ravens win this game by double digits. But in terms of the consensus picks, the only reason why the consensus picks this week did not go 5-0 is because both sides of that, Raiders Dolphins game were in the top five consensus picks. And this was the game, I'll be honest with you. I, at the beginning of the week, was on the Raiders. And at the end of the week, I was on the Dolphins. So you could have made arguments, and I did make arguments for both sides. And so that's exactly what the public was thinking as well, because both sides were among the top five consensus picks in both the super contest and circa millions. And uh, it was as close as everyone thought, right? Came, you can't get closer than going into overtime. And both teams getting a field goal in overtime. You can't get closer than that. So essentially, it was like double overtime because both teams scored the uh, the field goal. And then it resulted in the Raiders getting the field goal to win the game in overtime as time expired. Almost had a tie there. And doesn't matter. Dolphins covered the spread because the game went off at north of a field goal anyway. So let's take a look uh, now at uh, the way the week uh, four will conclude, which is with the Eagles uh, and the Cowboys, excuse me, week three will conclude with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Total in this one, 51 and The line is now down to three for the Cowboys at a field goal favorite over the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's some numbers here. Uh, the under is 4-0 and in the Eagles' last four. Monday night games. However, if you're looking at the spread, Eagles are one and four against the spread in their last five games in Dallas. As for some Cowboys against the spread notes, the over is five and one in the Cowboys' last six games as a home favorite. And the Cowboys are five and one against the spread in their last six games overall. So, Cowboys with good against the spread numbers, Eagles not so good in the last couple of meetings in Dallas. To me, I look at this game as a, a highly, tightly contested divisional battle between two of the top teams in that division, in the Cowboys and the Eagles. I would go towards the over. The over in primetime games this season is now 7-1 with the only loss being the Thursday night game between the Panthers and the Texans. I think this is a high-scoring game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Eagles' defense had been very good to start the season. They lose Brandon Graham, and I think it changes the dynamic of that D. The Cowboys, meanwhile, have uh, played themselves into overs already. Uh, They they should have had... Last week, I thought it was going to go over. I really did. I I, I bet the over, it was a high line. It was 55 and uh, I thought it was going to be a shootout between the Cowboys and the Chargers and it wasn't 2017 but week 1 was 31-29 between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers and then for the Eagles same thing I thought the over was going to happen in week 2 because week 1 they scored 32 points but unable to get it done against the 49ers in a 17-11 loss uh, I think the Eagles offense shows up better in on Sunday night against the uh, on Monday night against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys' offense shows up as well. Dak certainly battles. And uh, the prop bets let's take a look at them um, in terms of your player props. Quarterback numbers Dak Prescott over 299 and a half yards, Jalen Hurts 248 and a half. So Prescott, just to get 300 yards, does he get 300? Well, in week one against the Bucks, he threw for 403 yards. In week two against the Chargers, he threw for 237. Does he get to 300 against the Eagles? I think with the injuries on the Eagles' defense, I think that Dak Prescott will get over 300 passing yards. The Eagles, as a team, defensively, they uh, have allowed 325 net passing yards. Um, and against the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, because against the Falcons, there was really nothing much going on, but Garoppolo only threw for 189. And against the Falcons, it was uh, Matt Ryan didn't do much with 164. But again, Losing Brandon Graham absolutely hurts them. Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Take a look uh, at what's going on in Major League Baseball, because it's getting exciting. Coming up next year, I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's a look ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when... The phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter, Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: This is The Look Ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. It's The Look Ahead here on Beeson. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's been a busy uh, show. We're talking about all things football as we had week three Sunday wrap up in the NFL. Of course, college football, an exciting Saturday. And we're certainly looking ahead to the early lines for week four of the NFL and Week 5 in college football. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Major League Baseball, which is winding down here in the regular season, postseason right around the corner, and the standings have changed after the weekend that was. The New York Yankees coming off a sweep of the Boston Red Sox are now currently your first wild card in the American League, with the Red Sox sitting as your second wild card. The Toronto Blue Jays, who have won two straight, are one game back of that wild card. The Seattle Mariners are two games back. The A's who have won three straight are three games back. The Yankees will begin a three game series now with the Toronto Blue Jays before finishing up the season with three games against the Tampa Bay Rays. Not much though to play for, for the Tampa Bay Rays. The Yankees are eight games back in the division and, uh, I guess uh, I guess it's already clinched. So yes, can't can't happen because there's only uh, six games left in the regular season. So nothing really to play for for Tampa. Um, and in terms of the seeding, they already know that they're going to play against the wild card winner. So only thing to play for for Tampa is setting their rotation and resting up some of their guys. Maybe uh, get them ready. But Yankees coming into this series against the Blue Jays, red hot. Uh, winners of uh, three, uh, six straight now, the Yankees coming off the sweep of the uh, Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox, meanwhile, the remainder of their schedule, three games against the Baltimore Orioles and three games against the Washington Nationals. So an easier schedule for the Red Sox. Uh, in the National League, two division races that are still alive. The Phillies are two and a half games back of the Braves. The Dodgers, two games back of the Giants. The Braves and the Phillies begin a three-game set on Tuesday. And then the Phillies will wrap up the season with three games against the Marlins. That's coming up uh, uh, on the weekend. The Braves, meanwhile, after this Phillies series, will wrap up their season against the Mets. As for the Dodgers and the Giants, the Giants will uh, begin a set with the Diamondbacks on Tuesday before wrapping up their season with the Padres. The Dodgers, they have the Padres for three games before wrapping up their season with the Brewers and Milwaukee with nothing to play for. They are locked into their position in the postseason where they will play the winner of the National League East. And then in the National League wildcard, the St. Louis Cardinals Winners of 16 straight games have opened up a six game lead on the Reds, meaning that the St. Louis Cardinals can clinch a postseason spot. And they have three games against the Brewers coming up on Tuesday with nothing really to play for, and then three games against the Cubs. And, uh, It's only going to take maybe one win or so for this to come down. And the Cardinals, who have won 16 straight games, by far the hottest team in Major League Baseball, uh, at one point not even thought about in the wild card standings with the teams that were above them, but they are uh, six games up on both the Reds and the Phillies and uh, only six games left in the season. 16 straight. Absolutely incredible. Let's take a look at the uh, games here coming up, right. and and real quick before we get to that, uh, before we get to the games, I was taking a look earlier at the odds to win the World Series, and I talked about this uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago, but the Yankees were plus a thousand, and I thought the Yankees at plus a thousand was a good bet because. If they get themselves into the playoffs with the pitching being healthy, I think they're a dangerous team. Yankees are plus 1,300 now. And seeing them win six straight games and uh, put themselves in a position to be the home team in a wild card game, again, you're getting Garrett Cole in that wild card game. Probably if it's the Yankees-Red Sox, it's going to be Garrett Cole against Chris Sale. And understand, a lot of things can change in the next six days. The Yankees could get swept by the Blue Jays and find themselves on the outside looking in. So anything can happen. But Yankees at plus 1,300, uh, certainly worth a flyer to me. Giants, they were plus 1,000 at one point. The Giants are now plus 850 to win the World Series. I like them as well because we know that they are already guaranteed to be in the postseason. It's just a matter of uh, what's going to happen if they're in the wild card game or they're in the divisional game. Either way, it's going to be Dodgers-Giants in the NLDS because I think that either one of those teams wins the wild-card game. Uh, Then again, though, St. Louis winning 16 straight games and uh, coming into the postseason as the hottest team in baseball, they would have something to say about that. Those Cardinals, if you're curious, are plus 2,500 to win the World Series. Dodgers are your favorite at plus 330, followed by the Astros at plus 450. Brewers plus 700. Rays plus 750. White Sox plus 750. As far as your schedule on Monday, you uh, in terms of teams that have uh, playoff implications... There really isn't any besides the Mariners and the A's who will battle each other in Seattle. That one on Monday night, Chris Flexen against Cole Irvin, and it's an even money split between both teams, minus 110, minus 110. The Mariners are a plus one and a half run underdog on the run line, but it's minus 180. The Reds certainly need a win to stay alive and give themselves any hope of making the postseason. They're minus 260, against the Pirates, but no other teams playing that have, wild, that have any playoff implications. So the only game with playoff implications is the A's against the Mariners. And uh, again, both of those teams right now on the outside looking in, in the American League wildcard race, but the Mariners are just two games out. The A's are three games out. So if the A's win, they'll flip-flop. The Mariners will be uh, three, the A's will be two. Uh, will actually be a half game because no one else played above them. But the uh, Mariners, with a real uh, interesting shot here, they win this game. They'll be one and a half games back, um, and we'll see how things play out. So uh, Mariners and A's on Monday night, that is uh, even, minus 110, minus 110 both ways. So no real other baseball games on Monday that have playoff Implications. That's your little major league baseball wrap up for uh, what's going down here on Monday and what's going down in the final uh, couple of games here in the regular season. Going to be very interesting down the stretch. You know, taking a look at the teams that need to win, like that Yankees Blue Jays series, is going to be fascinating to me. But I think the Red Sox now against the Orioles, they're going to be heavy favorites in all three of these games, and there's no reason to not believe that the Red Sox would sweep the Orioles in these next three games. They should win. Again, fighting for their playoff lives, you're going to have to pay a premium. The juice will be very heavy, but if you can find some parlay pieces with the Red Sox on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, that might be the way to go. But the most interesting series will be the Yankees and the Blue Jays, and of course, the battle for the National League East between the Braves and the Phillies. That's coming up uh, starting on Tuesday, both of those series. NFL uh, Week 3 Sunday in the books. Week 3 will wrap up with Monday Night Football, the Cowboys and the Eagles on Monday Night Football from Dallas. College football, the opening lines uh, coming out for uh, what's going to happen here in Week 5. And lots of top 25 games on the schedule with the, the most intriguing spread was the one that opened up at Circa at 20, which was the Alabama game against Ole Miss, and that line down to 14 now because of all the money that has come in on Ole Miss at that spread. Again, our very own Dave Tooley had uh, tweeted out that according to Circa Sportsbook director Matt Metcalf, he said he took more than 10 limit bets on Ole Miss within the first three hours of opening that line. And it's crazy having the line from 20 to 14 and a half because you essentially, if you got it in right away, and that's what professional bettors do, right? The lines open up, they go to the window, and they put the limit bets in, and and they hammered Ole Miss. You essentially got a free teaser because if you want to put Ole Miss now in a teaser, you're, you're teasing them up to 20, 20 and a half. Well, if you got it in when it first opened up here at Circa, you got that free teaser money now. You don't have to lay any juice. You don't have to find a second leg. You got it already. Congratulations. So uh, that was a wild spread to see it open up that way. The other wild spread that I saw, which I am going to be all over, is Boston College against Clemson. Someone has to tell me why Clemson deserves to be this heavy favorite against BC. Because I'm not seeing it right now. Over two touchdowns against Boston College. And yeah, Boston College doesn't have uh, Djokovic anymore. He's hurt. But Dennis Grossell has filled in nicely in his absence. And Clemson this season has not done anything to earn my respect. They've been bad. <laughs> Let's see, though. I'm going to hammer this line. Boston College plus 16. I'm actually going to hammer it. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Satterbrick back here with you, the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Looking ahead to Monday Night Football tonight, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles coming up in a few minutes. We'll give you picks for that game. We'll go over the prop bets as well and see if we can put together a little, you know, same game parlay for you fans that are able to do that in certain states, but m- maybe just take out some touchdown props and see if we can get some good value on some long shots as well. But before we get into that, I want to take a look at the three and O teams versus the Owen three teams. And which of the three and teams are you looking at here in week four that you would play on or fade, and which 0-3 team would you look for in Week 4 to play on or fade? So let's talk about the 3-0 teams so far. The Cardinals are 3-0, straight up. They are 2-1 against the spread, 1-2 to the over. The Broncos are 3-0 overall. They are also 3-0 against the spread, and all three of their games have gone under. The Panthers, same deal. 3-0 straight up. 3-0 against the spread, all three games going under. The Rams are 3-0. They're 2-1, though, against the spread, and 3-0 to the over. The Raiders are 3-0, 2-1 against the spread, 2-1 to the over. As for the 0-3 teams, Giants are 0-3, 1-2, though, against the spread, and 1-2 to the over. The Colts are 0-3, also 1-2 against the spread. They are 1-2 to the over. The Jets are 0-3. They're 0-3 against the spread, and all three of their games have gone under. The Lions are 0-3, but they're 2-1 against the spread and 2-1 to the over. The Jaguars are 0-3, 0-3 against the spread, and 1-2 towards the over. So let's take a look at the Week 4 lines For the 3-0 teams, the Cardinals, who are 3-0, 2-1 against the spread, they are taking on the 3-0 Rams In L.A., Rams are 3-0 straight up, 2-1 against the spread, but 3-0 to the over. Rams are a six-point home favorite, and it's juiced at minus 115 right now. I think this spread goes up, and I think the Cardinals are the right side. I I would want it to be at a touchdown, though. I think if you can get it to a touchdown, if you can monitor this spread throughout the week, and if it gets the Cardinals plus seven, I think that's the fire point. As far as the total, it's at 54 and a half. Rams are 3-0 and to the total, uh, to the over. Cardinals are 1-2, and though, to the over. But that's the interesting game right now. Certainly one of the games of the week in Week 4. 3-0 and Cardinals, 3-0 and Rams, and the Cardinals currently 6-point underdogs. But again, that could, be good, could go higher because the minus 6 for the Rams is at minus 115. As for the remainder of the 3-0 teams, Broncos are 3-0. They're also 3-0 against the spread and 3-0 on the under. They are 1.5-point favorites right now against the Ravens in Denver. And the total for this one, 44.5. I like the Ravens in this one. I really do. The Broncos are 3-0. And they're 3-0 against the spread and three games went under. But they face the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. This is an offense, if Hollywood Brown can catch the football, that is way more explosive than all three of those teams combined. And the rushing attack for the Ravens, certainly not even close to what those three teams bring. So I think that if the Ravens can get their offense on track here against the Broncos, plus Baltimore coming off a spot where dangerous game, could have lost, maybe should have lost, I think it's a bounce-back opportunity for them. I like them getting plus points. So uh, Broncos might be on upset alert here coming up on Sunday. As for the Panthers, who are 3-0 and 3-0 against the spread, they're facing off against the Cowboys. They are four-point underdogs, but there's so much injury concern with the Panthers that I can't play on this game just yet. Christian McCaffrey is probably going to be out. J.C. Horns is going to be out. So how does this team respond with the injuries? Two key players, one on offense, one on defense. Moving forward, Uh, they were okay without McCaffrey in that game against the Texans, but it was against the Texans, and defensively, they got the job done. They are going to have to step up because it's a step up in class against the Dallas Cowboys. Not exactly a team that I would play on or whatnot. Raiders are 3-0 and 2-1 against the spread, and the Raiders are 3.5-point dogs on the road against the Chargers. If I was picking a team to play on with the 3-0 teams, I would play on probably the best line is the Cardinals getting the points in L.A. Despite how good the Rams have looked, that game could be a shootout. As far as the team to avoid with the injuries, it's got to be the Panthers. I like going against the Broncos, and I like going against the uh, Raiders here. I think the Chargers are the play, and that line... Hopefully goes down to a field goal. Right now, plus three and a half is minus one fifteen on DraftKings for that Monday Night Football game. As for the O and three teams, well, you got the Giants who are 0 and three. They are taking on the Saints on the road. Saints are a seven and a half point favorite. This is an auto fire on the Saints. I don't like the number at seven and a half. I want it to go down to seven. But I can promise you this: I will put the Saints in a teaser because there's no way they're losing this game to the Giants. The Giants have been awful to start the season. They're still trying to find themselves, and right now they're lost. Uh, the Saints, meanwhile, play are going to be playing at home in front of their fans for the first time in a long time. Okay, With everything that City's been through, they're returning home from, remember, the first home game of the year was moved to Jacksonville, so returning home to the Dome is going to be massive for the Saints. And I think they hammer the Giants in this spot. Uh, the Jets are zero three. This could be the te- This could be the other teaser leg. You go Saints, getting them down to minus one and a half, and you get the Titans down to minus one and a half. Titans are seven and a half point road favorites against the Jets. And tell me, I, I, as good as this Jets defense has been, they still allow some rushing yards, and Derrick Henry is going to have himself a nice day defensively the Titans are not going to have any problems because the Jets' offense hasn't done anything to start the year. Nothing. They've been terrible. The Jets' offense scored 14 points against the Panthers, six against the Patriots, zero against the Broncos. They have scored 20 points in three games. 20 points in three games. They have only gotten two touchdowns. In three games. How bad can you be? Zach Wilson doesn't it, it, I thought the Jets, and I was wrong about them. And and it's still early, so maybe things can change. And I could wind up being right. But I thought the Jets were going to be a competitive team this year. I thought the Jets were gonna win about six games, maybe seven, threaten to win eight and do jumping jacks and backflips if they won eight games. But I thought maybe six or seven was like where they were going to be. I thought they'd go over, what, it was five and a half, I think was their win total. I haven't seen anything that gives me any confidence that the Jets are going to win a football game. They've scored 20 points this year. That is by far the worst offense in the NFL. 20 points, and they have allowed 70 points defensively. It's not the worst. Other teams have allowed more, but 20 points through three games. Is pathetic. The Cowboys through two games have scored 49 points. The Eagles through two games have scored 43 points. The Jets through three games have only scored 20 points. The next lowest team in the NFL is, and I'm talking about through three weeks, the next lowest team is the Chicago Bears, who have scored 40 points through three games. So they are 20 points behind the next worst offense in the NFL. Awful. Lions, they are 0-3. Colts are 0-3. Jaguars are 0-3. As far as which of those teams we kind of like against the spread, I don't know. Jaguars play on Thursday against the Bengals. They're 7.5-point underdogs. Can't really back them. The Colts are a a 1.5-point underdog to the Dolphins. That could be the game, but the Colts, They're decimated by injuries. I've got to see that injury report. And the Lions, maybe that's the play. The Lions are three-point dogs against the Bears, and that three for the Bears is minus 115, which means that this spread could get north of a field goal. If it does, Lions plus three-and-a-half could be an interesting play. I like the way this team has fought. Remember, they came back and backdoored the cover against the 49ers. Their offense, you know, didn't quit in that game. They didn't quit here against the Ravens on, on Sunday. Could have absolutely won that game. And they were put in a bad spot against the Packers. You know, Green Bay off a bad loss and playing at Lambeau. It still gave them a fight, you know. They were winning at the half. So this is a Lions team that might be better than their record. That would be a spot that I would look towards, especially if it's at plus three and a half. Coming up next, we will get into the Monday Night Football game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. All the props for all the players, the touchdown scorers as well. Official picks for that game coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow along on Twitter at Scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on Sim, the Sports Betting Network.
5: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development.
2: BSIN, the Sports Betting
4: Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your BCN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to bCIN.com data and analysis. You get everything BCIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. I'm Scott Seidenberg here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN the sports betting network. And let's look ahead to Monday Night Football, which will wrap up week three in the NFL. It's an NFC East rivalry game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys from AT&T Stadium in Arlington. The Cowboys are a three-point favorite currently right now at DraftKings. The juice is minus 120 on that three, so could go back up to three and a half. The total for the game, 51 and a half. Uh, For your odds, if you will, or trends, excuse me, the Cowboys are five and one against the spread in their last six games, and they're five and one to the over in their last six games as a home favorite. Eagles, meanwhile, are just 1-4 against the spread in their last five games in Dallas. And they're 4-0 to the under in their last four Monday night games. The Cowboys currently sitting here as a favorite. I'm not sure I'm going to have a play here on the side. I would lean towards the over, though. Primetime overs are 7-1 to start this season. The lone under was the Thursday night game between the Panthers and the Texans. As far as your quarterback props, Dak Prescott, 299 and a half. Jalen Hurts, 248 and a half. I would lean the over towards Dak uh, and the um, rushing yards I'd kind of look at for Jalen Hurts, 55 and a half. I think he could go over that. Ezekiel Elliott is at 61 and a half. This is the auto fire for me. Let's play this right now, okay? Tony Pollard, 29 and a half. To me, that's way too low because Tony Pollard is the better running back right now on the Dallas Cowboys than Ezekiel Elliott. If you just look look at their numbers, through two games so far this season, Ezekiel Elliott has carried the ball 27 times for 104 yards. That's an average of 3.9 yards a carry. Tony Pollard has carried the ball 16 times for 123 yards, an average of 7.7 yards per carry. Tony Pollard in the first week week against the Bucs had just three carries for 14 yards, but in week two against the Chargers, 13 carries for 109 yards. They will go back to Pollard in this game. So looking at his total of 29 yards, I think that is an over for Tony Pollard on his rushing yards because I do think that the Cowboys will go back to him. Miles Sanders, his total is at 59.5. As far as receiving, Amari Cooper, 71.5. CeeDee Lamb, 79.5. Those are the high ones there. Devontae Smith for the Eagles at 54.5. I like the over on that one uh, as well because he will be the favorite target of Jalen Hurts in this one. Miles Sanders is 18 and a half. I think he can have some receiving yards as well. Tony Pollard, 19 and a half for the Cowboys if you think he gets involved in the passing game. As far as your touchdown props, touchdown scores, Ezekiel Elliott is your favorite at minus 135. C.D. Lamb, anytime touchdown scorer, plus 115. Amari Cooper, plus 120. Jalen Hurts, the Russian himself, is plus 125. Miles Sanders, plus 140. Tony Pollard, plus 150. So let's look at this for a second here. Tony Pollard with a very low rushing total of 29 yards. But yet, he's a almost even money guy. He's only plus 150 to score a touchdown. So the odds are saying they think he finds the end zone. I think the odds would be saying that he would get over 29 yards as well. Devontae Smith, plus 150. With all these touchdown scorers at low odds, how could you not bet the over in this game? Normally, you see a couple of guys at the plus 120, plus 150 mark, and then the rest of the players are north of plus 200. But in this game, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players are under plus 150 odds or 150 or below to score a touchdown. With Ezekiel Elliott being the only player that is a minus 135 favorite. That is just wild to me. Uh, looking down the list, uh, if you're looking for a long shot, I don't see one because of how many uh, how many guys are, are on the list here as a plus money. Let's see. Maybe, hmm, uh, defensively, I don't think there's going to be a defensive touchdown, but it's plus 450 for the Dallas Cowboys, plus 550 for the Eagles. Jalen Rager is plus 240. I'd like that to be deeper as well. Um, Boston Scott is plus 850 for the Eagles. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is plus 1,200. Hmm. You know what's interesting? And this would be the one that I would look to play, but it's not listed. Uh, Zach Ertz is going to be active for this game for the Eagles. Zach Ertz is not... He's had a big-time drop-off. At one point, Zach Ertz was the next biggest thing Uh, in tight ends, right? He was the guy that was, you know, he's the Travis Kelsey model. He's, you know, he's the next biggest thing when it comes to the tight end in the NFL. It It was Zach Ertz. But this year, he's got, what, three catches on the season. Going back to last season, he's, you know, hasn't scored a touchdown Let's see. Didn't score all of last season. Remember, he was on IR last year as well. Hasn't scored a touchdown since... Where are we here? Mm. Touchdown, touchdown. Oh, he scored, I guess, a touchdown in week one of last season. A game against Washington. Uh, Zach Ertz, five-yard touchdown pass from Carson Wentz was the first touchdown of the season for the Eagles. Didn't, hasn't scored a touchdown since that mark. I mean, this is a guy, like I said, who was once the next big thing in tight ends. He had eight touchdowns in back-to-back seasons in 2017, 2018. Six touchdowns in 2019. He was a pro bowler in, back to, in three seasons there. He had, in 2018, he had... Eleven hundred and sixty-three receiving yards and eight touchdowns. That's a monster season. Last year he was injured, but he played in eleven games, and even in those eleven games, he had three hundred and thirty-five yards and one touchdown. He's become an afterthought. Zacherts active for this game. I don't see him on the list here as far as touchdown scorer props but that would be one that I would look for that could probably be a long shot. So if you find Zach Ertz as a touchdown prop, maybe play that thinking, hey, he gets a little bit of time here. Maybe he finds himself in the end zone. Uh, As far as a player to score two touchdowns or more, if you're looking for a, uh, a long shot, how about, let's see, to score two touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott plus 400 to score two touchdowns. Tony Pollard plus 900 to score two touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb is plus 650. Amari Cooper plus 700. Jalen Hurts plus 750. If you think the quarterback runs it in twice, plus 750 for the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's not much uh, in terms of the touchdown props to like in this game. I think my favorite prop for Monday Night Football would be Tony Pollard to have over 29 and a half rushing yards. That would be my favorite prop bet. I think Dallas goes back to him this week after the performance that he had last week against the Chargers. And with the Eagles missing Brandon Graham on that defense, I think they're going to be affected uh, affected by that loss. So I think the Cowboys would be able to find some uh, running room. And Tony Pollard's going to find himself as a bigger part of this offense than Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, so I'll go with the game total to go over the posted total of 51.5. And I like Tony Pollard, over 29 and a half rushing yards would be uh, a play for me. And then if you can find Zach Gertz on a touchdown, I don't see him on the list because that's how rare it's probably going to be. But he is active. So I guess that's going to be a good sign uh, that he's active and will be playing. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. That'll do it for our preview here coming up of Monday Night Football. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Michael Lombardi, v host, former NFL executive at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, and at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Kenny White, professional football handicapper, will join the guys on Follow the Money. We will continue to look ahead to all the lines all throughout the week here on v the Sports Betting Network. This is v the Sports those, the Betting Network.
1: Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. v has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze every angle of every game
3: so you can make the most informed wagering decisions. The 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 wagering
2: Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner?